nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you the Martin Luther King Jr. edition, Garage Logic Podcast number 305, January 20, 2020. 52 degrees was the high on this day in 1908, and it was as chilly as uh, 32 below in 1888. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I don't mean this uh, in, an, in, in an insensitive way, uh, and God bless Martin Luther King Jr., uh, but this holiday has always struck me as uh, almost purely a political class holiday. It's not like you're going to have a picnic or uh, go to the ball game or anything like that. Okay. God bless him. But it seems to me it's uh, it's for the political class who uh, created it and celebrate it and and uh, again, I, I'm not intending to be insensitive. Uh, good man, God bless him. Uh, despite what Jason Lewis used to say about us. No. So, uh, so, <laughs> so uh, happy MLK Day, I guess. Yeah. Do you wish? Yeah. Is that a salutation today? I guess. Happy Martin Luther King Day. And, and the streets are empty. I got a good parking spot. No here today. school buses or anything like that. Santa Bell Jim found a picture of a snowplow. A pickup truck with the blade on the front that says 2020 Trump, 2020 pushing snowflakes aside. They see you got the truck to get it. <laughs> yeah, to, it's, it. A, it's, a, uh, it's a pickup truck with a plow blade. <laughs> yeah. That storm Friday uh, didn't measure up to the height, <laughs> no, did it? Not at all. Uh, not at all. It, it made for some harrowing rush hour driving for a couple of hours. Other than that. There was no rush hour. It wasn't? No. Everybody went home? Yeah, there was no traffic on the oh. road. I was shocked. Well, it, then it was really didn't live up to its hype at all. Okay, then my question is, what determines a storm? Is it measure, the amount of measurable snow, wind, temperature? Because they had us for days saying, here it comes, here it comes, and it never came. Ask the people in St. John's, Newfoundland. Oh, man. Hammered. Holy mackerel. I watched a 30-second time-lapse video. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. Where guys filming the storm, it's all speeded up. Right. But in 30 seconds, you see the, the snow engulf his house. Wow. Yeah, it covers, what, a 24-hour period, I think. The, yeah, yeah. And, oh, engulfed his entire house. Is, have you seen all the doorway shots? Yeah. People open their doors, and the snow yeah. is covering the entire doorway. Does that make me believe in climate change? <laughs> What do you do in that case? Do you shovel snow inside and then work your way out and then reshovel it back out? Good question. How, how do you get out of that? <laughs> Say Dave and Laura in uh, Poland, in Bydgoszcz, Poland. Yes. They broke that spelling down for me. Bydgoszcz. Uh, they have something for you, Kennedy. Uh, Kenny. Oh, uh, no, it's it's very kind. Well, I'm braced. Uh, <laughs> they found a piece uh, from the Daily Mail in the U.K. where... Uh, a farmer got a hold of eight terriers, little dogs, and they killed a record 700 rodents in seven hours. Good doggy. Yeah. That's all you need. The yeah. farmer was desperate, so he called in the handlers of these terriers, and there's pictures of just rows and rows and rows of dead rats. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we have listeners in Poland, David and Laura in Bydgoszcz. Uh My clan might be thinking about a, a trip over there. I'll be careful. I just read about a Polish farmer who was eaten by his pigs. 
Yeah, we're going to bypass that that'll, farm. That'll, that'll that'll happen. Good. That's why I always carried a uh, hammer in my hand when I went into the pig pen. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. We've started something with this threat we've issued to get out into the Rocky Mountains. What happened? I don't know. I thought Nothing. I heard something. You heard rookie. Yeah. Violent. No. I was ready for action. Uh, Frank the Woodcutter writes, you are right, so right. Get to Yosemite. Go in May or September to avoid the crowds. It is gorgeous. It is worth driving to. Take a week to get there. The north way through Yellowstone and Glacier and a week to get home. The south way through the parks in southern Utah. Great idea. In the mountains of Colorado. Wow. On second thought, you might need 10 plus days each way. It depends how long you want to drive each day and how much you want to see from the ground instead of from the driver's seat. It's all beautiful country. Kenny and others who say of Glacier get there early are right if you plan to park at one of the lots and hike. But if you're just going to do a drive-through, a later start would work. There will be traffic later in the day, but you can't drive that fast in Glacier anyway, so go and enjoy. The side guards are mostly very high curbs of hewn stone. If you are driving responsibly, it's easy enough to stay away from the curb. If you really want to see it without a crowd, go in September. But be warned that many of the inns close at the season, close for the season in mid to late September. Kenny is wrong. He did not leave Great Falls at 4.30 and arrive at the park at 5.30. That drive is about two and a half hours. Good luck, Frank the Woodcutter. Okay. And a Montana listener, uh, Mike Thompson, writes, uh, uh, Glacier Park mentioned again. You are by far my favorite listen to anything coming over the Internet. And at one time when I could listen to you on the radio, for decades you have been. Glacier Park is my favorite place to spend a day. And through the last 22 years, I have spent many days in the park. I describe myself as a travel guide for Glacier Park. Though I only do it informally. I would love to bring two things that I so enjoy together for a good experience. I would love to give you advice on how to take in the park as there are things to know and things to avoid. For example, you want to be sure and drive the going to the sun road from west to east oh. as that's more nerve-wracking direction. And if you, know, that's what, that's <laughs> why we're going so east to going west. The other way, <laughs> and if you don't have your own convertible to take it, then you want to borrow a listener's AMG or Z8. As a faithful listener, I would also like to extend to you an invitation to use our house anyway as you come through our part of the Rockies. We can vacate you're crazy, man. You wouldn't vacate the house for us. Uh, <laughs> you might. Don't do yeah. that. And I do think our deck would make a great location for doing a podcast. We would welcome you and any of the gang over for some rookie burgers and beer, though you would have to bring it in a cooler from Grunhofer's. Seriously, I would be glad to help you and any of the gang to have the best time in this area that you can have, whether that's just giving you a few important bits of information, hiking advice, and or a place to stay in a vehicle to drive. Thanks for all you do, Mayor. And, uh, all and and all, and know that we recognize fart buttons at all. It's been a fantastic ride. Uh, Mike Thompson, Western Montana correspondent for GL. Right, we, we're going to have to maybe get serious about this. Scott Mature also checked in. Did you get his? Email? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. I think I have it right here. <clears throat> I think I have it right here. He's imposing. What's without West? I love it. But they've got great listeners out there. Uh, Scott writes, Joe, the simultaneous beauty and danger of the park. Oh, this is he. He submitted a man losing touch with nature. Right. Uh, and it's a story out of, uh, I read it in the Chicago Tribune. This uh, guy decided to go rappelling, uh, is it rappelling? Rappelling? Rappelling. Down uh, the canyon in Yellowstone and dropped his backpack and then dropped off his rope and then couldn't get out. Well, he's and, a 55-year-old Indiana man. He had to be rescued after he rappelled down a deep canyon, then was unable to climb back out after he left his rope to retrieve a backpack he dropped. Dave Christensen of Winnemac was uninjured in the January 6th incident, but he was cited for disorderly conduct and for illegally going off trail in the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. He was near the end of his 360-foot rope in the canyon, which is 1,200 feet deep. Well, you're a moron. He dropped his backpack. So I guess he figured out how to slide down the canyon wall to retrieve it, and then he couldn't climb back up. Uh, a friend who was communicating with him by radio from the top confirmed he was not injured and then called for help after about two hours. A rescuer was lowered 800 feet to Christensen, and it took four hours to raise them both in the blowing snow and freezing temperatures. Isn't that something? It's 1,600 feet deep, and you idiot, you bring a 300-foot rope. There you go. <laughs> what the hell? And Matura writes, uh, Joe, the simultaneous beauty and danger of this park presents is still beyond most people's comprehension. That canyon is not to be trifled with, especially in the winter. This man is a fool. 
And since Yellowstone is practically practically my backyard and I'm familiar with Glacier National Park, uh, I'm wondering if you and the crew need a tour guide next summer for your trip. Kenny is pretty spot on regarding traffic flow. There's much to see, and I know just where to go and what to pass up. Pushing back on the Rocky Mountains, uh, Scott Matura, executive chef at Bucks. And you're a former classmate. Yes. And apparently he's gone on to way bigger and better things with what, his creations. What we discovered, and uh, since I'm in a four-wheel drive truck, it was okay, is we take every single little side road we possibly can that's not blocked off or that doesn't uh, scream with signs saying stay out. Mm-hmm. And that gets you into some real private, cool little spots. Mm-hmm. But I recognize that not all people can do that in their sedans. Right. And then they're not through roads, are they? No, I would call these forest roads or maybe service roads. And you got to turn around and come back. Yeah, and uh, as long as there's not big warning signs that say "keep out, Kenny," uh, I, I, I go exploring. <laughs> what are you? Lo- yeah, what are you looking for when you turn down one of those roads? What are you expecting? Relief from the crowds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I believe that a quiet you. spot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's made big news? Uh, we we love stories uh, that celebrate people who have decided not to be criminals. Howard Kirby got the surprise of his life. This is going to be a tough one for you, Kenny. Uh-oh. I know Howard, it's coming. Howard Kirby got the surprise of his life last month when he found over $43,000 in cash inside a couch he'd purchased uh, at the Habitat for Humanity Restore in Owasso, Michigan. That's God-providing is what that is. <laughs> Kirby purchased the couch to outfit his man cave but said the ottoman felt odd and uncomfortable. His daughter eventually unzipped the cushions to examine it further and discovered stacks of $100 bills. That's when she started pulling out this, Kirby told the station, uh, CBS 5, holding up a fistful of cash. I still have to pinch myself to make sure I'm not dreaming. Uh, A total of $43,170 was found inside the couch, but Kirby didn't feel right keeping it. He went back to the store to seek out the original owner. What a jackass. Kim <laughs> Foth-Newberry came into possession of the couch after her grandfather, the original owner, passed away last year. Here's the best part. She had no idea there was money in the couch when she gave it away. The restore surprised her on Thursday by calling her down to the shop and returning every last dime that Kirby had found. This is awesome, she said. Kirby had reportedly sought legal advice about his rights to the money and was told that he was under no obligation to return it. Despite having the legal right to keep it, the thought he thought giving it back was the right thing to do. Store manager Rick Merling praised Kirby for leading by example and putting the needs of someone else above his own. Uh, just doing the right thing to me, that is someone who, in spite of what the, uh, they're going through, in spite of their own needs, uh, has said, I'm going to do the right thing. Kirby claimed he could have used the money for a new roof, but is happy wow. his cash had found its way back to the original owner. By the way, can I borrow a bucket? Why? Because his roof is leaking. Yeah. Um, the lady whose grandfather owned the couch and who passed away, did she have, a, was she needy? Did she need the money? Did it come in handy? Did it save her life at least? Uh, did it help somebody? Well, reporting isn't what it used to be, so we don't we don't really learn that. Were there any other pieces donated? That's what I. I mean, how much you you could almost deduce that she wasn't in need if she gave away a couch that this guy thought was good enough to put in his man cave. How's that for deductive reasoning? Yeah, she uh, she. There's nothing in this story uh, to suggest that this is going to uh, transform her life in any way. But it certainly would have helped that dude put a roof on his house. Mm Actually, it wasn't a couch. It was a footstool. Uh, the Damn, footstool that belonged to her grandfather who died last summer. Kirby brought it along with other furniture after Christmas. So I, I take it she might be doing fine. But she was very pleased to get the 43K, did, I suppose. Uh, you know those Depression-era people. Did your... Um did you check all your mom's stuff before you got rid of all this every stuff? Every single book? You didn't open every single book and no. magazine? Because no. they hide stuff and then they don't tell. No, she, did, she didn't have any money. Because she hit it all. That's you gave you it think. all away. I bet she had a hundred grand just sitting under the, the couch. No, that wasn't her style. That wasn't her style. She gave it to the March of Dimes or the brothers in yeah. Guatemala. Well, she died. It's going on four years ago this April, <laughs> I and I get 
15 pieces of mail a week. So I know what happened. Pa- Polly got it. You think he so? was a smart one? All you dumbbells. Yeah. He was there. He I went, went through everything. She's got nothing. alone. <laughs> That's why he always buys me a beer. Cash, no problem. He came out with his pockets loaded. <laughs> well, that was just like uh, Jesse's dad. Who was had cut put a hole the in the carpet yeah. and put it all in the in the floor? No, I'm the one who had to go through all her stuff. If there would have been money, I would have found it, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and there wasn't any. And yeah, what if it was? How much would that money have had to been in order for you to share it with the whole family? How much of it would have you considered common surface savings and loan? Well, when does it go from common surface savings and loan to a real chunk of, you know, big dough? That just intuitively answers itself. Fourteen dollars. If I find three bucks, it's going in my pocket. If I find thirty grand, it's got to be split up seven ways. So somewhere in between three bucks and thirty grand, where where is the figure for you? I think anything (laughs) above twenty five hundred. I think anything above twenty five bucks. Wow. Yeah. As the executor, I think you just got you put put on a hell of a show, Joe. I I was the executor. that's a, Everybody got a check. <laughs> I almost believe you, Joe. I almost believe you. And the, and the fifty grand I kept, what they don't know won't hurt. <laughs> exactly. It. That's exactly. You know, those uh, MGs aren't cheap. Hell no. No. <laughs> All right, gang. We'll be back in just a moment, huh? This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. To the amusement of the Twitter world, the New York Times has endorsed two candidates (laughs) for the Democratic nomination for president, Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren. The paper said Sunday, and I did not get a free Sunday New York Times, even though my papers did not arrive till about 1130 yesterday. I had long since gone out and bought them anyway. Uh, the paper said Sunday it had chosen the two most effective candidates from the moderate and progressive sides of the party without stating a preference. What's the point, then? Yeah. It praised Warren as a gifted storyteller. They got that right. She's told a lot of stories. And Klobuchar is the very definition of Midwestern charisma and grit. When mentioning another frontrunner, Joe Biden, the Times acknowledged his years of experience, but also noted that his age, 77, desire and occasional gaffes. It's time for him to pass the torch to a new generation of leaders, the paper said, borrowing from President John F. Kennedy's inaugural address. The paper uh, mentioned uh, Sanders' age, 78, is a serious concern about his health and noted his unwillingness to compromise. <laughs> the paper praised another of the front runners, 38-year-old Pete Buttigieg, former mayor of South Bend, is likely to have a bright political future. So in other words, the Times is just uh, covering all of its bases here. Right. <laughs> There's nothing that they've done that's unique. Were they setting us up for a Klobuchar-Warren ticket? I, I don't know. The newspaper changed its approach to presidential endorsements this year, airing footage of candidate interviews and details about the endorsement process on a special edition of the New Weekly, uh, an FX network series about the Times. In previous election years, the Times has often chosen a candidate popular with the party establishment. The Times endorsed Hillary Clinton in 2016 over Barack Obama. Uh, Yeah, let's see. The Times endorsed Hillary Clinton in the Democratic primary in 2016 over a charismatic but unproven newcomer, Barack Obama, in 2008. Does that sentence make sense? Yes, I understand. Okay. Because she was uh, firmly entrenched in the party and he was not in 2016. I think that's what... In in 2008, he wasn't entrenched in the party. No. In 2016, she was. So, in other words, they did the opposite. So did they endorse Barack, Barack Obama, Obama in 08? That's, that was my next question. Let me like, look. In 2004, the Times endorsed John Kerry, and in 2000 endorsed Al Gore. Uh, each time they chose a candidate who was popular with the Democratic establishment and, except for 2008, the eventual nominee. Oh, so they didn't. Yeah. All right. But unless they endorse Obama, loser. Did they endorse Obama? I, I can't tell from this because it's so poorly they had, It looks like they endorsed him in the election, the, the general election, but I haven't found about the Democrat I think yet. the Times endorsing Klobuchar and Warren is essentially meaningless to most Americans. I, I think the Times really has lost touch 
with people, with most Americans. When I get those free Sunday New York Times, I, I marvel at how how insulated they are from from Main Street America. And you're thinking that just the people that read the Times aren't not, they're not going to the Times to get um, this will be very informed. appealing to the you know the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. But it has nothing to do with a guy running a hardware store in Topeka. They don't really care anymore what the New York Times says, if in fact they ever have cared what the New York Times says. I find it to be uh, not a useful uh, outlet for, uh, well, they have some good stuff. As I say, uh, it's my go-to newspaper for obituaries. (laughs) (laughs) They do do a great job. They had a great obituary on Neil Peart of Rush. By the way, uh, Deep Tracks has now been playing Rush songs nonstop. For at least the last eight days, they I can't take stop. it. They need to they stop. Need to stop. <laughs> yeah. They need to stop. That's a good band. I love every single member in it, including the singer. boy, You just don't want Bass any more player, nasty emails, do you? Guitar player, and especially the drummer. <laughs> I find them all interesting guys and great musicians. I just, I'm not a prog rock guy. I'm not a progressive rock type person, animal kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got news for you. What's your news? We got a bunch of mega disasters we're supposed to worry about now. Crisis? Yeah. This is from Fox News. Uh, As wildfires so hot that images can be seen from space in Australia, uh, creating uh, toxic smoke uh, and killing animals and, and 25 people lost their lives. People around the globe are wondering what catastrophe is next. I haven't been wondering that. Has not crossed my mind. Due to climate change, human activity, and other factors, natural disasters are becoming more common. But some could be worse than others. So this is what you have to look forward to, kids. (laughs) The uh, eruption of the Yellowstone volcano. We've been talking about that for ages, all right? The Lake Toba supervolcano on the Indonesian island of Sumatra. If that baby goes, you're in trouble. The Helena Slump. On the south shore of Hawaii's Big Island lies the infamous Helena Slump, where every now and then there is a landslide. Wait a minute, let me stop right here. So far they've mentioned these are the mega disasters we're supposed to be worried about, and they're they're attaching to these mega disasters climate change. What does climate change have to do with a volcano erupting? Yeah. It doesn't, to my knowledge. Yeah. What does uh, climate change have to do with the Lake Toba supervolcano in Indonesia? What does climate change have to do with that? The Helena Slump. On the south shore of Hawaii's Big Island lies the infamous Helena Slump, where every now and then there is a landslide that creates horrid tsunamis. According to the Independent, there is evidence that a similar collapse at nearby Mauna Loa around 120,000 years ago generated a tsunami with a run-up height of 400 meters. Uh, Even as recently as 1975, movement of the Helena Slump generated a smaller yet destructive tsunami that reached California. What does it have to do with climate change? Mega hurricanes. you got to worry about that one. The big one, the earthquake in California, Oregon, and Washington. Uh, a Chilean mega thrust. Another West Coast earthquake disaster waiting to happen is in Chile. What is it called? A Chilean mega thrust. I'd pay extra for that. Yeah. How much does that cost? <laughs> <sighs> Why do I buy this? That was the number one request from the miners that were down in the hole. me a mega thrust. <laughs> Can you hold these? Uh, that's uh, the west coast of South America. According to volcanologist website Trembler, it is clear that many of us in the Coquimbo region uh, has an unusual increasing seismic activity that may be pre- preparing the area for a very large earthquake. Okay, rising oceans, yeah, yeah. Caribbean tsunami, major solar storm, asteroid hits Earth. Earth. What, what, what would that have to do with climate change? Asteroid hitting the Earth. That'd probably help, wouldn't it? Yeah. Giving us some cloud cover for a while. Solar storm. What? Uh, that climate has nothing to do with a solar storm. Nope. Contagion. We're supposed to be worried about diseases. We're gonna uh, we're gonna have all kinds of uh, epidemics, and uh, so so basically, what what we're being told here, the story originally appeared in the New York Post, is uh, just be prepared. Anything could happen, and you could be wiped off the face of the earth. And we're just going to put it all under the rubric of climate change. Ah. Yeah. No climate change no is easy, happens. no matter what yeah. happens. Volcanoes, yeah. earthquakes, solar storms, tsunamis. That's all climate change. And that's only in the last, what do we have, 10 years? Yeah. 10 years left? We got 10 left. Okay. We got 10 left. A good 10. 
Johnny, did you have your news ready? I do. I also found out uh, the New York Times and the Democratic primary 2008 endorsed Hillary Clinton, not, not Obama. All right. We'll be back with Johnny's news. Bad mix, bad mix. Couldn't hear the guy. Try it again. Clear. Try it again. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores. Did it the wrong way. Is that better? You know what I liked about that? <laughs> he, he turned what? it up the wrong way. That's my guitar solo, so I got to hear myself <laughs> yeah, play. Well, here is John Hay. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Uh, Whoopsie. The Super Bowl is set. It'll be Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers. Uh, if you're wondering, according to SeatGeek.com, the uh, the early ticket things, the, the resale price, the secondary market, as we call it, uh, the average resale price is six thousand two dollars. Wow! The lowest ticket running at fifty two hundred bucks. That ain't the, worth it. How about this? Best seats no. in the house uh, are going for sixteen grand. That's ridiculous. Uh, you're, you're glossing over. Uh, <laughs> you're completely glossing over yesterday. Have you ever met my wife? I have met your wife. Yes. You have, but yeah. she she is no friend of yours. Why is that? She really, really, really hates the Packers. Well, and that was a fantastic beating you guys took yesterday. Is she a Vikings fan? I think she is. Oh, yes. Well, it yeah. was a fantastic beating they took last week. So yeah, but it wasn't <laughs> quite as bad as your seventeen points both games. What, what are you talking about? Zero in the first half. I All I know is Mahomes <laughs> is going to win the first of about eight Super Bowls. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All I know is this could really, really be an exciting Super Bowl game because you got two of the best. This isn't just New England playing a, a, a lousy NFC team. At halftime, when the score was so lopsided, I said to her, is there anything else on? No! That's what she said. <laughs> We're going to watch these guys take a beat. I thought it would be bad. I had no idea it was going to be that Your bad. offense did come around, though, in the second in half. In the second half. Yeah. But the defense was brutal. Yeah. Some yeah. guy who's been... Cut by how many teams? Seven gained 220 yards against And them. she said, you, Joe, should be happy because uh, she's something about that's your guy, like some quarterback or something. Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. 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 She I must, just said he's going to win the yeah. first of about eight. Did she, she listen to the, the podcast? I don't think so. Oh, uh, but I, he I, said I that on the podcast yeah. before. Yeah. Oh, maybe so. she does. I should be careful about what I say. Really I even right tweeted right. it. You really should. To her? Did you link her? No, I Are don't Are you know. harassing my wife I on Twitter? I don't know what even I that means. Stay I, away from her, I you weirdo. Do, I, do I think she's well, already wow. blocked. I will block ago. you. All right. <laughs> I uh, I still like your wife, just so you know. So Okay. Seems, well, yeah. that makes one of you. News. An update on a story we were following last week. After six days on strike, an agreement has been made with St. Louis County snowplow operators on a new contract. The agreement was reached after 15 hours of mediation on Sunday. Teamsters Local 320 Recording Secretary Eric Skoog posted via social media just before 3.45 a.m. Monday that it was an agreement that both parties can be proud of. Snowplow operators began picketing at the Public Works building just outside Duluth last week. The union had rejected a previous contract disputing pay, sick time, and benefits. St. Louis County Communications Manager Jana Cassell said the county supervisors that plowed in place of the Teamsters, uh, they were doing okay, couldn't quite keep up. They had about 70% of the roads plowed by the time they finished on Saturday. State Fair is only, uh, what, uh, seven months away now? Seven months, fellas? Yeah. I guess. Are we going back? We haven't even determined that yet, have we? We haven't. This story uh, has me worried about my pocket knife. If you're oh, doing the story, I think you're going to do it. I am, yeah. Because I lost one at the wild game that I'm still I, I have a theory over. about this story, John, but I, w- I would wish you would report it first, and then okay. I'll be glad to share my theory. The State Fair's governing board has decided to add metal detectors at all 11 of its gates beginning this year. General Manager Jerry Hammer said the process will be similar to what people experience at other big venues like Excel Energy Center and U.S. Bank Stadium. He also pointed out that several state fairs have already been using metal detectors for years, including Wisconsin and Texas. Last year's state fair ended with a shooting that injured three people outside the main gate following an altercation that involved a woman getting run over. Police said that shooting was not a random attack and involved rival gangs, and fair officials called the violence an aberration. It sent fairgoers fleeing down Midway Parkway. 
Hammer said the fair board's decision this weekend was not driven by any one incident or concern, but rather came as part of an ongoing update to safety and security plans. Bag checks were added at the fair entrances in 2016, and the fair staff for years has been fielding questions about whether metal detectors would someday be added. Hammer said other recent security measures have included more restrictions on traffic on the fairgrounds, increased staffing, and video surveillance. Uh, it's not a theory so much as an observation. Uh, the fair has retained uh, an extraordinary cultural meaning in Minnesota. It's uh, terribly successful. It's terribly peaceful. And I understand the times we live in, and it's terribly unfortunate. I've used the word terribly now about five times. Yes, oh, it's, terrible. it's terrible. <laughs> but it's almost a blight on that charm have to now walk through a, a metal detector. It's it's a bit of a blight on the charm yeah. that the event has held and continues to hold for so many people. I understand it. I get it. We've always joked, you know, when we used to take the, the back road in on <laughs> yes. the Hubbard shuttle, you could be towing a bomb that says Acme nuclear device. They would <laughs> yeah. just wave Way you through. through. We're going to go to the but, midway. Uh, but it, it's just, uh, it brings the fair closer and closer to the real world as opposed to the the fantasy world that it is. That's my that's my little sermon. It's it's uh, I get it. I'm not going to complain any further. Right. But that's my observation. Okay. It 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 makes it more um urban. Yeah. Well, as opposed to the fair which is supposed to be hey, come on in and have a great time. Well, you guys are dancing around it, aren't you? Holy crap. No, I'm not. It's dumb, it's stupid, and it's a waste of my time, and they need to knock this bleep off. You hear that, Jerry? Okay. That's Kenny. All right. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Well, no, only. I'm, a, I'm I guess I was trying to say it more civilly. Uh, no, you weren't saying anything. You were dancing around it. If you read that article in the paper, Here it is. everybody's in love with the idea, and it's a great idea. This isn't going to add significantly to the lines. Believe me, you're going to have lines around the block at every single uh, entrance. Yeah. What are you going to do with guys who come in, work guys like us that come in yeah. with multiple bags and equipment? Everything John carries in will set set stuff yeah, off. all the guitar stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is this is ridiculous. It's absolutely ludicrous. And is it only for the the people that are coming to enjoy the day's activities? What about the people that are there at 5 in the morning loading stuff in? Are you, are you watching them? They'll have to be. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. How can they not? No, I'm the only one that's telling you right here and now this is going to be a big, huge Are you disaster. speaking truth to power? I am. Yeah. I am. I'm fighting. <laughs> fighting the man. Yeah. And a boy. Armed with rifles, tactical gear, and homemade posters, thousands of gun rights activists hit the streets of Richmond, Virginia, Monday morning to protest the state's proposed gun control laws. Lobby Day went off with no major violent incidents in the morning despite threats from armed militias and white supremacist groups that led Governor Ralph Northam to declare a state of emergency and ban weapons from Capitol Square. Guns rights groups such as Virginia Citizens Defense League and Gun Owners of America spoke out against the proposed ban on assault rifles or red flag law, which would give officials the power to confiscate weapons from an individual who poses a threat and other gun control measures that the newly Democratic-led state uh, legislature introduced. Protesters shouted, we will not comply. The armed activists stayed outside the Capitol grounds where all weapons were banned until Tuesday night, while their unarmed members held their rally outside the legislative building. On Wednesday, Northam issued a state of emergency and banned all weapons from the Capitol ground from Friday until Tuesday night. He said he had received credible intelligence that hate groups and militias were planning violent attacks. Gun rights supporters tried to block the state of emergency, arguing it infringed on their right to rally, but a judge denied the motion. Their appeal before the ban went into effect Friday evening. Have you fellas, I'm guessing, Joe, you read read about this too mm-hmm. or followed it? Mm-hmm. Why today? That's that's all yeah, that's, I, I think you know. have a reasonable question. Why today? Yeah, why today? You know, I'm Just on, let Martin Luther King Day come and go. Uh, I'm on your side, fellas, but what the hell? Today? Yeah. Really? Yeah. One of, one of the truly weird, ironic things were the protesters carrying Confederate flags and chanting USA. Yeah. Really? No, think about it, fellas. <laughs> probably should carry an American flag if you're going to do that. I think you probably oh, should, yeah. yes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the weekend snowstorm, uh, well, what Littler was anyway, has set up perfect conditions for the St. Paul Winter Carnival, now in its 134th year. The kickoff is Thursday, but of course they've got preparations underway. At the fairgrounds, crews have prepared the snow for the snow sculptures. And at Rice Park, the hub of the 10-day event, workers are building stages and clearing snow for the winter skate ice rink. 
The Winter Carnival, according to Prime Minister Megan Quiggle. Did you know the carnival had a prime minister? Well, the uh, king always has a prime minister. I didn't know the carnival itself had one. Yeah. Carnival Prime Minister Megan Quiggle said, Winter Carnival is a way to celebrate winter. We have a long winter Thank here. Thank you for that. I there had you no go. idea. How do we do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have a long winter here in Minnesota, and I think people are looking for something to do. No bleep, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> Quiggle says there's a lot to do, including free events, live music, and much, much that more. That was true in 1890. I'm not so sure it's true today. Probably find something to do. Yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. At least two people are dead, 15 people injured in a shooting in Kansas City, according to the Kansas City Police. Officers dispatched to the 4800 block of Noland Road in the southeastern part of the city about 11.30 p.m. Sunday night, receiving reports of a shooting. They got to the scene outside a crowded bar where they say one adult female was shot and killed in the parking lot. No shots fired by any responding officers. Up to 15 people self-transported to area hospitals. Three of them are currently in critical condition. Authorities said Monday morning in a statement there's no information about the case at this time. No additional media briefings will be planned. They say the shooter is believed dead after engaging with an armed security guard from the bar in uh, that one in Kansas City. And in San Antonio, two people dead, five injured after a person opened fire indiscriminately at a San Antonio bar Sunday night. San Antonio Police Department responded to the shooting at a bar called Ventura, 8 o'clock local time. It appears an altercation appears to have broken out between customers when one person pulled out a gun and began shooting. St. Paul firefighter Sarah Reisner in California competing for the title of World's Strongest Firefighter. And she was the only woman in the contest, according to the department. According to Arnold Sports, the organizers behind the contest, Reasoner finished fifth place in a field of nine firefighters. Reasoner said in an Instagram post, I will never forget today. The support and love from everyone was unreal. She also said Arnold Schwarzenegger was on the sidelines cheering her on. Her post read, I'll never forget Schwarzenegger getting up and yelling at me and helping me up after the sandbag carry. Reasoner's a recent grad of the St. Paul Fire Academy. The firefighter competition raised money for charity, part of the Arnold Strongman Classic in Santa Monica, California. I had to look that up. That is uh, something Arnold Schwarzenegger started many years ago. Did you see a picture of her? She took I little, did. Yeah. She took a pic with Arnold right, right behind there. you. She yeah. is Arnold. badass. No? I got, I, I'm going to be a curmudgeon. Uh-oh. I'm going to be a curmudgeon. Okay. Does she take her own vacation days to do this? Or, you know, I mean, she's really, a public Joe? employee. Really, I would Joe? like to know Good if Lord. the taxpayers are paying <laughs> what is, for this. What is wrong oh, with you? I, I'm what rooting for you, dear. You? I'm rooting for you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Who's paying for the trip to California? This is why I would people say to me, what's he really like? Yeah, he's a pain in the ass. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't even say hi to him. Is, is this <laughs> deadlift? Just pass a nod as he goes by she in the hallway. She is a strong-looking gal. Yeah. If yeah. I was a fire and she told me to go out, I would get put out. Yep. That, that, but I just want to know. Makes sense. Really? You know, did the taxpayers pay for her trip <laughs> of out to California? That's what you think. Oh yeah. my God! Get yeah. off my yard! Yeah. Get off, get my, off yard. my yard! <laughs> get off my grass! North Dakota, my home state. We know that. Home to Theodore Roosevelt National Park. That's right. Sixty-three wildlife refuges. Ref, ref, refuges. Yeah, that's right. The country's largest natural grassland. And one of the sparsest populations with about 11 people per square mile. Yeah, what's your point? It's not a hub for vacationers, but the tourism arm of North Dakota sees that as an asset. In the new advertising campaign unveiled this month, it highlights North Dakota's swaths of open space using the theme, follow your curiosity, not the crowds. How about North Dakota, we'll leave you alone. <laughs> we dare you to find us. Ain't nothing to do here. <laughs> the slogan, part of a broader 2020 advertising strategy, came after state officials heard complaints. Can of you over- smoke weed in your state, John? No. We're oh, way they- out past the last tree. <laughs> smoke weed and chill. They no dad. They voted that down last legislature. One of the session. Dakotas. So One of the Dakotas. <laughs> God, that so annoys me. You have no idea how much that annoys me. <laughs> Using a tourism campaign to highlight the state's... Is still the same story? Yeah, it is. Okay. okay. <laughs> Using a tourism campaign to highlight the state's relative lack of visitors might seem counterintuitive, uh, but not according to Ott Coleman. Uh, she's in charge of this tourism campaign. She said people are tired of crowds. They don't want to be hiking to be back-to-back with people all the time. Well, that's the old Yogi Bear line. Nobody goes to that restaurant anymore. Yeah. It's too crowded. It's too crowded. <laughs> 
Well, now there's so you're not crowded. So come on out. Then you'll be crowded. Huh? The Thanks, Yogi, for clearing that yeah. up for us. The campaign comes in the midst of a tourism uptick for North Dakota. One million trips and 22.6 million visitors in 2018. Are you sure we're, they're not just passing through? <laughs> a That's a lot. Yeah, no, you, you, don't count, you don't count a night in a Motel 6 next to 94 as a vacationer. He, he's passing through. Most of North Dakota's <laughs> visitors come from nearby states, of course, including Minnesota. The new advertising campaign will feature most heavily in the areas like Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota, and Canada. It'll run for a minimum of two years. I have been to Fort Mandan. Fort Mandan. I I haven't been to Fort Mandan. That's interesting. I've been to Fort Abraham Lincoln, which is just south of Mandan. That's where is, Custer was uh, stationed when he went off on his faith, uh, fateful journey uh, and, and got what he had coming to him. He left, uh, yes, he left from Fort Abraham Lincoln. Did you visit the uh, the Indian uh, homes? The uh, uh, I did not. I don't know what they're called. Uh, what, what do you are call we doing? Them? Travel talk what? here? The Indian mounds. I'm mounds, guessing. yeah, and yes. you go inside there. Very cool. And so oh, no. Okay. So those really? were homes. They, Mounds homes. are often referred to as burials. Burial no, these, no, these were, these were, uh, what the hell's the name? Why like a mud, like I, a I would mud? just call it a lodge. Just lodge? To be okay, let's careful. go with lodge. Yeah, it's very lodge. cool. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right, then. That's uh, just south of Manhattan if you want to stop by. <laughs> Where's Roosevelt State Park? Uh, far, uh, in far west. Dickinson, yeah. yeah. That's where there's actually some hills. And, I bet and, that'd be gorgeous. Actually, Montana very... Montana actually starts in North Dakota. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's really that's true. Where the state finally gets interesting and, and you're in Montana. It's, it's very strange. You're driving, it's flat, and then all of a sudden there's, Bam! there's stuff. It's like, wow, it's this like is cool. Yeah. Amazon wants to make your hand, Joel will go for this, your credit card. Nope. The tech giant <laughs> is creating checkout terminals that could be placed in bricks and mortar stores and allow shoppers to link their card information to their hands. Nope. Oh, my goodness. They could then pay oh. f- purchases with their palms without oh. having to pull out a card or a phone. The government tracks your every move. Johnny, they call those Earth Lodges. Thank I you. I looked Earth them up. Lodges. Earth Lodges. Thank they you. are cool. You're very cool. Uh, the company plans to pitch the terminals to coffee shops, fast food restaurants, and other merchants that do lots of repeat business with customers, according to uh, people informed. Amazon had no comment. Amazon, like other tech companies, is trying to further integrate itself into consumers' financial lives, leaving banks and card networks on edge. Apple introduced their own credit card last year, and Google is now rolling out checking accounts. If the Amazon terminals succeed, they could leapfrog mobile wallets like Apple Pay while expanding Amazon's already extensive access to consumer data. I'm surprised how oh, anti-credit card you are, Joe, and how you like all your transactions to be in cash, that you've acquiesced and given up and cherish your cell phone the way you do, and you're on it all the time and using it and shooting video and tweeting. No, I, 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 checking I use, the weather. it's still essentially a telephone for me. And I check the weather, yeah. Yeah, you do a lot of stuff on that phone. Well, you've made me tweet. I don't want to, but you make me. You've made me. You made me do it. Nobody's yeah. making you. Yeah, I'm not going to dress up like a girl, and you can <laughs> make me. You can't make me. <laughs> a uh, very dumb criminal in Great Britain, a bank robber, put a pillowcase over his head to hide his identity, then had to take it off because he couldn't see. He forgot to put eye holes in it. Well, he's a candidate oh. for the Gumption mm-hmm. County Institute for the Criminally Incompetent. This is Matthew Davies. The uh, armed raid took place at a bank in Dunferlum line, Fief. Or is it Fife? I think it's probably Fife. The 47-year-old threatened staff with a meat cleaver, left the branch with nearly 2,000 pounds, but was later arrested. Davies pleaded guilty to a charge of assault and robbery in court last week. A hearing at the High Court in Glasgow heard how Davies entered the Bank of Scotland branch and pulled the meat cleaver from the pillowcase before putting the bedding item on to cover his face. However, there were no eye holes. Immediately took it off. So he's going blind like this with his hands up. After threatening the staff. I'm going to shoot you. So you're pointing at the ceiling. After threatening staff, he was given about 300 pounds to start with, but the 47-year-old demanded more cash and warned he would start hurting people if it wasn't handed over. He then got the money. A court heard how a witness then followed Davies from the branch to his home. Police later found the cash and a pillowcase consistent with what he had put over his head at his house. They also discovered a stun gun. I have a thought. I don't know that it's, uh, I don't know if it's interesting, and maybe it's been academically studied. But what if, what if the land that constitutes the United States 
had never been settled by Europeans that showing up on their leaky boats and, and claiming this is their home. What I wonder what it would be like today. In other words, would Native Americans uh, have ultimately invented the telephone, uh, the car, uh, cell phones? I'm not being facetious. I'm, I'm, or would it be? Would it be pristine, uh, similar to what we occasionally see when the British tabloids find a tribe in the Amazon that's never seen people before? And they attempt to shoot down helicopters with right. their bow and arrows. I, I I don't know. I bet that's been studied. I wonder what I wonder what the outcome would have been had uh, this country never been approached by uh, white men. I I would think that the Native Americans would have been smart enough to figure out and take a piece, even if they weren't didn't have everything overtaken from them by the white men that they would learn that maybe in England they're they're doing this and they somehow would you know but the the, the whole progress the way he's positioning it is is they would have no no contact with any white men right right let's say we never because showed up the natives on the west coast were doing trading with the white people long long before anybody approached our eastern shores mm-hmm. And they were far advanced in trading and had a lot of white people goods just from the trading. But I wonder what there would have been advances in medicine. and, and uh, That's a great question I for don't you. Know. <laughs> Speaking of the state fair, to punch that question into the big state fair computer yeah. and then get your answer. You know, the one that does all the... <laughs> seems to me like you got a hold of some really bad weed. Yeah. Well, it's just a thought. <laughs> kind, of, kind of what I was thinking, too. Because uh, I, I can't even really fathom that question. Well, that's that's my job is to ask unfathomable questions. Because Spain, one of the first uh, countries that came through here, and you know, as you know, they were down in South America and Central America, and then they split, leaving behind all of their horses because horses weren't on this continent. And next thing you know, all the Native American tribes ended up with horses, thanks to Spain and their early departure. So you're going to have to go all the way to go back, way back, all yeah. the way back. It's kind of a what if that's almost impossible. Right. To, it's the deal that when you go to heaven and you, it's like playing a video game. You say, yeah. plug in, they never met uh, the white man. And Patrick then, and Penny Wilmers in Duluth uh, say the holidays are long gone, but we still needed a box, not a gift box, but a box that can hold us over until our next trip south to see the kids. Just ate the second round of rookie burgers, or yeah. should I say rookie <laughs> patty melts on rye toast. Damn better good. Than a bun. Wow. Roasts will be for future Sunday dinners at my father's. There's also some chicken brats in the box, but they are long gone. Disappointed, though, they were out of the sweet and hot jerky, so I had to settle for the teriyaki on the trip home. We shared a cooking and eating video on Matt's Messenger link. Is that something you have, Rookie? Matt's uh, Messenger link? Yeah, I'm Whatever sure. Whatever that is. Yep. They're talking about Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. It's on Highway 61, just at the north end of Hugo. And Spencer has just released this bulletin. <clears throat> 14 kinds of summer sausage, including wild rice, cheddar, dill pickle, garlic, cranberry wild rice, jalapeno, hot pepper cheese, fresh pork belly and side pork, Pre-made meatloaf that's oven ready, yeah. and they got your dog covered with raw and smoked dog bones and pig ears for dogs. Mm-hmm. I bet dogs love that, huh? Soup time. They have oxtails, beef shanks, pork hocks, fresh and smoked pork neck bones, and also, and they had this just in time for uh, Green Bay to get completely obliterated <laughs> in San Francisco. The beer cheese brought pork, beer cheese, cheese curds, bacon, green onion, cheddar cheese, all of it great, all of it available. At the uh, Garage Logicians Meat Palace, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on Highway 61, just north of downtown Hugo. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. I have a prediction. I think it's what? Garage Logic prediction number 1,362? Yeah, we're well into the 1,300s. Uh, we might not get uh, a calamity this year uh, that the uh, hysterians are forecasting, earthquakes, volcanoes, tsunamis, what have you. But I do predict that in the year 2020, we're going to learn more about how we're being watched from above. I believe that will become more and more open to the public. Uh, okay. I watch an Air Force pilot video. Uh, on the Joe Rogan show, and he uh, couldn't be more of a straight shooter, and he was describing 
a, a vehicle that could not be described. I just watched an ancient uh, aliens thing about lights over, I think it was, uh, I don't know, somewhere in Arizona. And it was the same deal. Air Force personnel saw this. Well, now people insist. I've I've been ignoring this story out of Wyoming, but I think think to uh, lend some credence to my prediction that in 2020, we're going to learn more and more about how we're being watched. Okay. People insist they have spotted fleets of large drones crisscrossing rural America's night sky, their mission mysterious raising questions that have veered into conspiracy theories and launching an investigation. Authorities in Colorado have tried to put those theories to rest, announcing that they have confirmed nothing unusual or criminal about dozens of weird drone reports since November. They were mostly hobbyist drones, commercial aircraft, stars, planets, and weather phenomena. Yet if history is any guide, the investigation that used a heat-detecting plane in Colorado's Mystery Drone Highway with sightings that stretched into Nebraska and Wyoming, will settle nothing for many people. Speculation persists about drones said to be as big as cars flying in groups in grid patterns at night. Even if the military has plausible deniability with this, defense contractors might be involved. Dan Carlson, a drone-spotting retired meteorologist in western Nebraska, said, by the time they fess up to it, they'll have been in the sky for four years. Four times this year, Carlson said, drones have flown after dark near his farm outside Sydney, Nebraska. Drones flew in pairs on two nights, he said. Their speed, impressive range over the distant horizon without landing, and proximity to nearby missile silos make him suspect the U.S. Air Force at least knows of these flights. Okay. Uncertainty, if not paranoia, has proliferated about such sightings. Just don't count Carlson among those peddling out-of-this-world explanations. I don't buy into conspiracy theories, he said. I am not living in fear of an alien invasion. He speculates the drones may be involved in some kind of military search and recovery practice, pursuing items hidden around the countryside during the daytime for training exercises at night. F.E. Warren Air Force Base in Cheyenne, Wyoming, oversees 150 Minutemen III nuclear missiles in silos scattered across the prairie in the three-state region. The missiles need regular checking, maintenance, and protection against threats, yet Air Force officials insist the drone reports have nothing to do with that. Our base is a drone no-fly zone, so we have counter-UAS, unarmed aerial systems, training that goes on within the confines of the installation. But any drones spotted outside the installation are not part of our fleet, said Lieutenant John Karkoff, a base spokesman. Base personnel haven't seen any of the purported drones, but they are cooperating with the FAA and FBI. The Colorado Department of Public Safety, working with local law enforcement, did not attempt to investigate drone sightings in Nebraska or Wyoming. In northeastern Colorado, the agency found of 90 drone reports received from November 23rd to today, 14 were smaller-sized hobbyists drones. Of 23 drone reports between Jan 6 and today, a period that involved flights of the heat-detecting plane working with investigators on the ground, 13 were smaller hobbyist drones. While of the 90, 14, what's, uh, what's 90 minus 14? 76. 76, then, are unexplained. What's, uh, what's 23 minus 13? 10? Sure. So 10 are unexplained. Four confirmed sightings of the 23 were unidentified. A drone reported to have flown near a Flight for Life medical helicopter during daytime did not appear related to the recent sightings. Uh, Colorado has over 24,000 registered drones, and pilots reported over 2,200 drone sightings in Colorado to the FAA in 2018. Uh, Carlson said the drones he saw came within a mile or two of his house, flying at about 800 feet. One sped away at up to 60 miles an hour when he drove after it. He followed the drone for over 10 miles. And he's in Sydney, right? Sydney, Nebraska. Others he saw fly over the horizon, which he estimated was at least 20 miles distant over the sparsely populated area north of Sydney, Nebraska. Usually he hears aircraft clearly on cold winter nights. It was the kind of night that if an airplane flies over 30,000 feet, you hear it. No sound with these, Carlson said. Huh. The FAA is still looking into the report, spokesman Ian Greger said. We take every drone sighting report seriously. Multiple FAA divisions are continuing to work closely with federal, state, and local stakeholders on this issue. The Colorado Department of Public Safety plans to scale back flights of the heat-detecting planes to try to <clears throat> confirm reports as they're made. The department will still take reports, 
said Colorado Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Manage spokeswoman Mickey Trost. So we do encourage the public that if they do see something suspicious, to please visit our website and file a report. Well, come on. There's something going on. What makes you nervous about this? Nothing makes me nervous. Nothing makes me nervous. I find it interesting. I think 2020 is going to be the year when we're going to discover that uh, we ain't alone here in this universe. So you think it's possibly the government um, looking for or trying to track alien or UFO related? Well, it's spacecraft. To, to remain firmly launched in reality, the most plausible explanation in this story is that they're on training missions attempting to locate things that the, the guys during the day go out and hide under a bench somewhere, and then they release these drones to see if they can find Right, it. and the government lying to us about what they're That's doing. That's normal. Right, yeah. right. That's, so uh, you just don't believe anything they say. And, I don't. And like this guy from Sydney, you believe your own eyes more yeah. than you believe the government. Right. So fast forward to eventually when the day comes when we find E.T., a, a real-life E.T., and it lands here. It's and, already happened, but but keep going. I mean, so what are we going to do? Are we going to? I'm not going to do anything. Tear it apart to see how it works, well, like they wanted to do with ET, and or what? That allegedly has also already happened right. at Area 52. But wait, 51, 51, Area 51. Yeah, the, the, they I, I, I'm aware of another area. It's 52. Oh, oh, 52. Oh. This double top <laughs> secret. Mind blown. <laughs> but you listen to this Air Force pilot, and you you come away convinced that a he's a top shot guy. He's not making. There's nothing in it for him right. to make this up. Right. And he's absolutely confounded as to what he and his other wingmen were dealing with uh, in the waters uh, in the Pacific off the uh, coast of California in San Diego. And he said there, there were they were amazing vehicles that uh, could do whatever they wanted. They could move in any That's direction they so wanted, and they could move instantaneously, mm-hmm. and not necessarily powered by anything combustible. No, no wings, no nothing. Right? They were they, they were shaped like tic tacs. Right. And no. He said they he estimated them to be forty feet long. Yeah. Now whether there are beings in there, uh, or, or just a, a or drone, just being drone. remotely run by someone. <laughs> Uh, we have not developed any technology that I'm aware of to have developed something 40 feet long that can defy all physical movement. But I think we're getting closer and closer to uh, uh, military personnel uh, talking about it. But is it because we don't have a grave concern that an alien is trying to take us over? I don't think I have that concern, no. Reiterate what you told me last week, I think we actually did it on the air, mm-hmm. something about the Pentagon releasing this very yeah, they, thing you're talking about. Yeah, yeah they released uh, and made public all the, all the video, uh, video from uh, the Nimitz, and uh, they're not hiding it, and you can, you can look at it and, and draw your own fascinating conclusion that who, who's out there that created this thing? If, even if it's ref- – I don't even know if you refer to it as a who. Maybe they have different <laughs> pronoun choices. Maybe they are they and them. That's your first question. Yeah. Alien, what's your pronoun? What's your pronoun? <laughs> what's your pronoun? <laughs> you know, for all we know, remember the theory we talked about and we had uh, Lawrence Rudnick on? Fermi theory? Yes. The yes. Fermi theory? Yes. That And Fermi was a, a physicist who essentially said, where the hell is everybody? Right. There's a million Earths. Where are they? Right. Let's get and going he, here. You know, and then he, he was postulating that, for all we know, we're just uh, we're just a, a Yellowstone National Park for the amusement of, <laughs> of you know, planet Argo. We don't know. But it's fun. And I predict 2020 will learn more and more. So there. Wouldn't you think the president would be informed about this? And, and not this guy. Well, that's what I was going to say. And given the president we have now, wouldn't he immediately run to Twitter and tell us? It's big, over. Big news tomorrow. I've seen Area 51. <laughs> tremendous news. Yeah. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous news, news tomorrow. That's the first thing I'd do if I was president. Just blow it out of the water. No, no. I'd call in the top guys and say, guys, what oh, the, What do you give got? Give me the lowdown. <laughs> give me got? the lowdown. What do you got? What do you got? Is there a security clearance level higher than the president? Uh, no. None yeah. that we know of. <laughs> mm-hmm. But many people opposed to Trump would insist that were he not president, he couldn't even get a security clearance. <laughs> Speaking of Trump, Johnny? I got so captivated by a, a, a tweet, a tweeted out video over the weekend 
of the LSU football team yeah. celebrating at the White House. And they were doing some sort of rap dance. Yeah. And in the middle of it, this very attractive woman shows up and starts dancing as well. And she became an Internet sensation. She went viral with people wondering. And this here's something about technology in the modern world. It took about 20 minutes to find out who she was. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out is Jemmy something, John? Jemmy Bordelon. Bordelon, yeah. the wife of a former LSU player and a former NFL player. And apparently uh, she and her husband are friends of the Louisiana congressional delegation. And maybe she just invited herself to this welcoming party right. at the White House. And the next thing you know, she's doing the dance that the guys are doing. And she, she does it really, really well. I think she's got it. I think she really gets it. Well. Please, yeah, she gets it. please, for the GLers, use the phrase that I had never heard that, that you, you, you said to me when you were talking about this. Christmas morning. Well, I, 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 I would think that... You know, she she has that look where you might want to just decide to leave home on Christmas morning. <laughs> With a half pack of cigarettes and a full tank of gas. I had never heard that before. Yeah, That's yeah. a great line. But she and she's just so stoic about it. It's just uh, yeah. she's just fun as hell. Yeah. I don't know what she. The, she what looks like a young Angie Dickinson. She does dancing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's all. There's nothing more to that except no. it was. Uh, What's it was the song? The, Something Gat? Get, get the Gat. Get the Gat. Yeah, you got to get it. Yeah, please. Where'd you put that, it? That's done by Lil Somebody, but I lost two songs. Lil? L-I-L? It's L-I-L. It's got to be an L-I-L. Lil John. Lil. Lil yeah. Tate. Anyway, the drones are out there, folks. Whatever they are. And Boy, there's a lot going on in the sky I never see. Don't worry. Your government says it's okay. It's so okay. You can <laughs> trust them. Don't worry. What if Trump did get a hold of the information? He would... He would tweet it out instantaneously. What if Trump is an alien? Yeah, well, look at that hairdo. <laughs> That's not normal. That's not human. Uh, Say, we'll be back shortly, gang. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. The uh, census has begun. In a small town in Taksuk Bay, Alaska. It's a community of 661 on the edge of the American expanse. And uh, they're the first to be counted. They're oh. the first to be counted. Is this like early voting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. A lot of pictures here, too. It looks like there nothing has melted there. Uh, it, it looks like it's still Alaska and very cold. And they speak uh, native languages. And uh, that's where it starts, and it's a it's a census headed your way. It's a very long story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But work the their way down is that the way it works? Pardon? They just work, work their your way, way down. down. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the people in Tuksuk Tuksuk Bay are being counted, and then mm-hmm. it's like Santa Claus. Yeah. You know, it's just working his way around the oh, yeah. working his way around the globe. Say, uh, I have a drain in my garage. Yep. And I'm worried that. It captures too much of the sand that leaks off the vehicles. God, you have you have a wonderful life if that's one of your worries. Well, oh, that's a legitimate worry. Yeah. So I I uh, so I've been doing a lot of squeegeeing and I keep the garage I bet. fairly free of that. But what I thought to myself, I want to circle the drain with one of those sand socks. Sure. And 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 so I went to Fratelloni's. Okay. And they got them, but they're they're sixty pounds. Yeah. Well, I couldn't lift it. I said, the hell with it. I'm yeah. not going to do it. So you I mean think the, the kind of the thing you th- people throw in their trunk for traction. Basically. Is it white? Yeah. Like a white tube? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't need that. I, that's way too much for me. I just need literally a silk stocking full of sand. You don't want just, that sand to leak through, though. What's the point? That why do you, It won't leak through. The sand won't get through a silk stocking, will it? Well, that's my question. I, I don't fill know. a silk stocking with sand to make my own tube. And then I'll I'll circle the drain with that. Uh, and I'm betting that will stop the sand and crud. It'll accept the water melting into the drain, but it'll hold back the sand and crud. I'm hoping you're going to get some of this on video for us, uh, you know, maybe of you squeegeeing and seeing. I got a bag thing. of sand sitting at home. I might as well <laughs> run an experiment. Fill a stock a sock with it. I don't know, Joe. So you say I, I, you just got it at Frats, and we'll... Uh, I think you... Is the floor drain in the middle of the floor, so yes. it's always... Yes. I just keep the squeegee nearby. You have a floor floor squeegee, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 I, I just knowing you and some of the... Really? Some of the... 
brilliant ideas you've had over the years that have resulted in uh, instant disaster. Mayhem. I, I just don't know if you should bring more sand into the into the picture. No, 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 no. I know, I know what you're doing. You're putting it in the it, sock. It's, it's and captured. In, in theory, that sand is not going to get out of that right, sock. Right. In theory. In theory. Well, maybe I need something. Maybe I double up some nylons. Can't you just pour some Drano down there? I, I, you so far, no. You turn match. your mic off. Turn your. The, the adults are talking now. If it's clogged, clogged then I'm trying to prevent your clogging. What is Drano going to do to sand and, and silt? Well, then you need a, a, a power washer thing. You're, to, you're, you're still not. You're not capturing what I'm saying. All I'm, I'm, I'm proactive at this time. I'm being proactive. Okay. I'm being preventative. There's no so far so good. There's got to be a. You know what? There's got to be a product available for this, doesn't there? I say it. They're called sand tubes. I see them in the Hubbard garage. They're long, thin tubes of sand, grab and they one. block water. They block crud. Yeah. I know who I'll ask Tom. Yeah, grab I'll, one. I'll ask Tom. Yeah, he'll be able to tell you how to get it. Yeah, they don't. They got catalogs for that stuff. <laughs> Maybe Fratelloni's could get it for me. Any other? Uh... Pressing problems at home. So wait a minute. Really... No, uh, it, this isn't the kind that frats had, though. They have the, the 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 weighted kind that you throw in your trunk, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And they're uh, and they're too heavy for me. Right. Uh, and all it would really end up doing, I would just have to cut that open and use the sand from it to create my own tube. Don't do that. I'm not going to. Wait till Tom gets here tomorrow. And, I'm going to ask uh, him. Yeah. Because you're right. Those are. Those tubes are no bigger than around, around the new wrist. Absolutely. And they're about three feet long. That's all I need. That's all I need. And circle that drain. And they're probably built of a material that would uh, guarantee that the sand inside the tube would not leak out. You got, a, you got a puppy in the house? Dog? That was Kitty? proactive, by the way. You got a lot of grandchildren, though, with not a lot to do. Yeah. You're going to have to instruct them to t- stay away from Grandpa's ice dam. Yeah. Or sand how about, dam. Or... How about four-foot-long tube sandbags? Fine. Found those. Where? Amazon. Uh, uh, are they are they tubes snake, about the size of your arm? Snake sandbag. Yeah, that's all. Four they're foot. out there. You can get them. You, you can, you get, can them. get them. You can get them. And Fratelloni's has them, but they're not what I was after. That's all. That, so. This is so. That's what you're telling us is that's not what you were after. Right. That's what I. That's what I'm telling you. All right. All right. Well, thank you we, very uh, much, can Martin we just Luther get King. Ready people, to close this baby down. I think so. <laughs> okay. Got to get ready for Monday night sports talk. We do. Patrick is. <laughs> Uh, sitting at the ballpark, eagerly awaiting uh, his assessment of the uh, NFC and AFC championship games. We'll break it down on the Sports Talk podcast. If you'd like to subscribe to the Sports Talk Garage Logic, the Fret Club, or Table Talk with Rookie's Family, you may download the app PodMN or go online to PodMN.com and let that house all of your favorite favorite podcast okay that's pod mn if you need to go to the website go to podmn.com or you can go old school if you want to get some garage logic gear that's garage logic.com podcast version 305 garage logic we'll catch you next time